Well, good morning, church. How are we doing? I'd like to welcome you to Huddle Bible. Um, it's an exciting time uh, for us. Uh, if you uh, do not already have Unfolding Grace, I'd encourage you uh, to get that. It's not too late uh, to join us on this on this journey of Unfolding Grace. Actually, uh, I am pretty new to the church. I got here in, in April um, and just joined, uh, you know, the reading plan. It's been, it's been fantastic. And so uh, my name is Ben Haug. I'm the student ministry uh, pastor here at Huddle Bible. Uh, and if you're looking for Bobby, sorry. Um, you know, if, uh, if you have not heard or, or got any of our communication or emails, uh, the Delta variant has, has really uh, kind of hit us hard as, as a church and as a, as a student ministry. Um, and so uh, it has been pretty uh, lonely here at the office. Uh, I'm, I was the only one in the office here this week out of, of just uh, um, being cautious and, 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 and loving on our neighbors and our brothers and sisters. And so uh, this is a time that we're actually going to flip. I was supposed to preach uh, next week uh, with Acts 1 through 4. So if you look at your, your reading guide that you can find in our resource tab, uh, that will be just flipped. So we're reading Acts 1 through 4 this week, and then we'll finish up Mark next week, uh, Lord willing. And so um, I'm just excited to be here, uh, but really do want to pray uh, for our church family as we have uh, many people uh, that have symptoms, many people people that are sick, many people that are quarantining, and many people with family members uh, that are, that are uh, sick and, and having this. And so uh, for we as a body, uh, whether you're from afar, whether you're watching me online or, or here in this room, uh, let us uh, just come to, to the Lord in prayer uh, just for, uh, for our congregation. Father God, you are, uh, Jehovah Rophi, you are in control. You are the God who heals. Uh, we just uh, pray for our brothers and sisters in this congregation that has been affected uh, by this virus. Uh, Father, that there would be healing. Uh, Father, that we would have a congregation that can come and, and care for uh, one another um, and love one another. And we just uh, continue to pray for our staff, continue to pray for our elder board, continue to pray for our members and our regular attenders uh, that could not make it this morning. So uh, we lift up all these things in your name. Amen. So again, uh, if you haven't met me, uh, I actually grew up in the Austin area. I am from uh, Cedar Park, Texas, and, and went to the mothership, went to Hill Country Bible Church Austin and grew up there and uh, know some of you uh, when I was a little boy, and that's, that's good. And uh, really, one of my biggest dreams in life uh, was I'm the fourth of five kids, and so I had three older siblings, and they would go on these youth retreats to Florida, and they would keep on talking about how awesome Florida was, how awesome Florida was, how awesome Florida was, and I could not wait to go to Florida, and I finally, you know, getting ready, I'm sixth grade, and I have to wait till I'm in seventh grade to go to Florida, and then the youth pastor named Bobby Pruitt, he left, um, and so he went to Hill Country, Pflugerville. I never got to go to Florida. I just got back from my first Florida retreat in 2021, so it took me about 20 years, uh, but I finally uh, got to go, and so uh, it was definitely uh, the typical youth group kid, uh, really enjoyed my time at Hill Country uh, immensely, uh, really loved youth group, and I loved the Texas Longhorns, and so that was always a great time uh, when I got my rejection letter from the University of Texas. And so uh, packed my bags, went to uh, Texas State University in San Marcos, eat them up cats, uh, had a great time. Uh, but then came back in the summer of 2012. I wanted to intern one last summer, have one last great adventure before I became a big boy um, and fell in love with ministry. Um, and from that appointment on, uh, they couldn't really get rid of me. And so I was uh, served and served at Hill Country Bible Church Austin uh, from 2012 to 2016. And eventually got a few more responsibilities, was the sixth grade coordinator, sixth grade director. Um, and then got uh, every Central Texas boy's dream is to move to the suburbs of Houston. And so I did that for five years. And I was a student ministry uh, director at Tomball. 
Wall Bible. And so uh, I am just so excited uh, to be here, be a member of this church, to be on staff of this church, uh, to get to know you as a family. And so if I haven't gotten to meet you yet, um, I, I am really excited uh, to just to dive in and, and live life with y'all and live life with your students. And, and I know that has been um, a huge responsibility and something I don't take lightly of, of just taking care and coming alongside you as parents and coming alongside us as a, as a church body uh, to really teach these children and teach these students about Christ. And so that is an exciting thing. I finally forgave Bobby uh, for not taking me to Florida when he offered me this job. So we are good now. Um, if y'all would join me, uh, I want y'all to turn to Acts chapter 1. Uh, this morning we're going to be in Acts chapter 1 uh, through 4. And when Bobby asked me to preach uh, this particular passage, uh, I kind of thought he was joking uh, because there's no way that he was going to give me the best four chapters in scripture. I mean, if you look at Acts 1 through 4, we got a lot of stuff going on. All right, we have some heavy hitters, some awesome characters, and there's, there's no way. He's going to give that to Trey. He's going to give that to Michael, give that to himself. I get to do this. This is going to be so much fun. And I think this passage was really uh, convicting for me uh, this week and last week and the, and the weeks before, kind of preparing for it, uh, because it really came as a timely thing uh, for me, thinking about what does the church do in 2021 in a pandemic? and thinking about, well, what do we do differently than what the early church did? And this particular passage is about the early church. I mean, let's just go down the line of what we got. I mean, we get Peter in here, we get John, we get Barnabas, we get this guy you might've heard of called Jesus. He makes an appearance, the Holy Spirit arrives. I mean, heavy hitting all-star cast, events that happen. We have the promise of the Holy Spirit. We have the commands to go to the ends of the earth. We're telling people, hey, stay in Judea, stay, go to Samaria, go, go to Judea. And uh, we have Jesus ascending into heaven. That's kind of a big deal. We have someone to replace Judas. We replace the disciples and get to 12. The Pentecost happens. They're speaking in tongues. Peter preaches. The early church is formed. Uh, we heal a, a lame beggar. We have the early church continuing to build and to multiply and, and add people to it. Peter gets arrested. Uh, Peter continues to preach the gospel. Peter comes back uh, and gets released, and people are like, whoa, this is fantastic. I mean, we have all of that in four chapters. So this is a great text. I cannot wait uh, for us to do that. And I can't wait for us as a church uh, to read this in our daily quiet time. So uh, if you would, uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 1. And while you're doing that, I think Unfolding Grace uh, just did a great job of, of just giving a good synopsis of what this is and, and how important these particular four chapters are. It says this in, in your Unfolding Grace as the introduction to the text. It says this, history turns on the hinge of Jesus' death and resurrection. The book of Acts shows how, as a result of those events, the world has never been the same. Jesus' resurrection shows that his death was not a failure, but part of God's victory. It means Jesus was the world's true king. The new creation has dawned. Our exile has ended. The way back to Eden is open. The book of Acts is Luke's historical account on how the risen Christ spreads the gospel to all the nations throughout, throughout his spirit-empowered people. Jesus sends his disciples to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This order is not arbitrary. Isaiah promised that God would first restore Israel, then the nations to himself. Acts shows us men and women finding deep joy in Christ, true community in the church, and fruitful mission of the world. When we trust in Christ, we become participants in God's story of unfolding grace. 
We are empowered to share the good news that Jesus is the king, that we are all welcomed by grace through faith. Deep joy in Christ, the early, cho- the early church, going through spirit-empowered people, having the Holy Spirit in them to preach the gospel to the nations. I mean, that's what this four, these four chapters are about. So without further ado, whether you're a student, whether you're an adult, Gen Z, Gen Y, Gen X, hey, let's open up our Bibles Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Let's read from 1 to 8. In the first book, O Theopolis, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father was fixed on his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we have this. Luke is the author of this book. He is addressing it to his friend Theopolis, and this is actually exactly how he, was, uh, he addresses the introduction to the gospel of Luke. And that looks just like this in the same introduction, you know, Luke verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 4. I'm writing this to you so that you have certainty in the things that you have been taught. So he's, he's telling his buddy, hey, this really happened. This is going to be important. Take notes through this. Verse 2 and 3, we're looking at Jesus um, and just saying, hey, Jesus has been ascended. Uh, he, he has not ascended yet. He has defeated death. He has conquered death, rose again, and here he is for 40 days. And, and all the things about talking about community, and we need to tell everyone about this, and we need to spread out. Then verse 4, Jesus instructs them, hey, we're staying to, before we spread out, we're staying in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father is fulfilled. And that promise is the Holy Spirit. And we read in verse 5 of just continuing to talk about the the New Testament of of the book of John and and also in Luke 3. But John baptized with water, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not not many days from now. Then the disciples, and there's only 11 of them at this point right now. Judas is already gone. So they're asking Jesus a pretty important question. and, And it makes a pretty realistic question of saying, hey, like, now that you've defeated death, we finally did this. Now it's time to, to finally restore Israel, right? We've been waiting on folding grace. Let's restore Israel. Let's establish the kingdom. Let's establish this rule. And Jesus goes with an answer that's just twofold. And it's, it's a great answer of just, first, don't worry about it. It's not for you to know. This is, this is a secret that I'm going to keep. All right. I know what is going to happen. You don't need to worry about it. What you do need to worry about, guys What you do need to worry about is that you are going to be my witnesses. You will receive power from the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when we think about this, they're realizing, hey, the spread of the gospel, all right, is going to be through us. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we are going to be spreading the gospel. The disciples are just spreading the gospel. The apostles are spreading the gospel, right? Believers, that. What the 
question that I want us to ask, and hopefully we can answer uh, together, church, uh, this morning, is, is really just, what made the early church so special? What made the early church so special? What did they do that was just so fantastic that we can implement? All right, and then why and how did they do that? Why and how did they do that? And the first thing I want us to write down is that they knew, all these disciples, they knew that all authority had been given to Jesus. All authority had been given to Jesus. When we read uh, Acts 1, uh, 8, that's a verse that uh, is very common. It's in a lot of church's mission statements, and it's also coupled with the Great Commission. And we read at Matthew uh, 28, and in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, uh, verses 18 through, or verses 19 through 20, is, is something that we as Awana or church people learn very fast. It's one of the first uh, scripture memories that we do. You know, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the end of the the age. And, and that's a great, that's written on my heart. Memorized that 20 years ago in Awana. I think I got the gold badge. It was, it was fantastic. It was a good uh, Wednesday night for me. But what we really need to focus on or something that is, is this, uh, forgotten is that we don't read the entire thing. We don't read 16 through 20 of, and Jesus said and came to them, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to you, has been given to me. So he says all, all authority on heaven and on earth, all right? Not some, not a lot, not a little, not enough, all, the whole enchilada. I have all authority on heaven and on earth. Fulfills a prophecy in, in Daniel 7, verse 14 says this, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, one, shall not be destroyed. I mean, we, we think about Jesus and being on the right hand of the Father. I mean, and when Paul is writing to the Philippians in chapter 2, verse 9 and 11, he says this, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the God of our Father. When, when we read Unfolding Grace, when we read the Gospels, when we read Scripture, we see that, that God has authority, that Jesus has authority over everything. I mean, he has, over, he has authority over nature. We, we, we see him calm the seas. We see him walk on water. He, he has that, all right? He has disease and demons. He can, he can heal the blind man. He can heal the lame man. He can, he can spit in mud and just all of a sudden it works, all right? He casts out demons. We just see him defeat death. He was, he was killed. He was, he was murdered on, on, on that cross, and he was resurrected. He defeats death three days later. He has authority over everything, right? When I was in, in high school, I was a really popular kid, if you couldn't, if you couldn't tell, um, and, and super athletic, right? Um, and so, you know, when I got cut from the eighth grade basketball team, I was still super athletic. But uh, I, I learned pretty fast that there a different calling in my life and that I needed to be, uh, you know, uh, I still wanted to be an impact on the games and, and you know, people could uh, see, wow, that guy's really cool. So I became a president of a few things uh, in high school. I was president of the ping pong club, <laughs> president of the tailgating club. Uh, but most importantly, for Vista Ridge High School, I was president of the student section. And the student section was a big deal. Row one through 12 was a big deal. That was my dominion. From row one through 12 behind the opposing bench, people listened to me. 
Uh, when I was, uh, was my senior year, I was, I was dating somebody that went to a rival high school, so we didn't really interact much until we were just in, in church. And so uh, she was kind of asking why she didn't see me around on, on Tuesday nights and Friday nights. I'm like, well, I'm at the gym, so if you want to hang out with me, you got to come here. And so finally convinced her uh, to go to the game uh, with me one time, and, and uh, obviously, you know, I had to pick her up, so I was a little bit late. And um, I, I walk into the gym, and I mean, just so much cheers. I mean, they're just, whoa, Ben's here. We can finally get the game started. The referees are waiting on me, right? And, and I'm walking up and uh, there's so many people that are ready uh, to just heckle, you know, the opposing team. And, and I'm walking up and the seas part, right? Ready for me to get to my spot. And, and I have uh, pieces of paper of our chants that we're going to do. And I'm, I'm passing them out and I'm rebuking, you know, I'm, I'm teaching, I'm, I'm equipping the saints to, to really heckle uh, this team, uh, this opposing team and saying, hey, we're going to clap on, clap on beat this time. We didn't do that last week. You know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pronounce this word correctly. Like we are going to impact the game. We are important. Let's go. All right, and, and, and the cheers happened, and they, and they listened. It was fantastic. And I, you know, I would do one of these, and they would stop talking, and I would go, yes, and they would, they would rise up with this. And, and I was uh, fist-pumping and, and getting that, and I had authority over rows 1 through 12. Then uh, two years later, uh, I've graduated high school, and I'm in college, and, and my younger brother is a senior, and so I'm, I'm going uh, to a basketball game, and I'm walking in, and you know what happens? Crickets. Nothing. Right? And then I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I'm, I'm still kind of a big deal. Like 2010 wasn't that long ago. And I'm pointing at the banner. I'm like, hey, that banner, district, district champs, that was us. That was me. Like I scored a lot of points you know, from the student section because, you know, I, I chanted and distracted people, right? <laughs> My authority was only for a little bit. And, and now that I kind of tell the story out loud, I, I might actually realize I probably never had authority um, every, uh, you know, at any time. Uh, but Jesus has authority everywhere. Uh, his authority doesn't end. It's not like, hey, he's, he's really got the Bible belt. He's, he's really got Texas. He's really got the red states. He's got America. He's got parts of Africa. He's got parts of Europe or parts of Asia. Like, hey, 2020, uh, like it was really at Reformation or it was really the Old Testament or really the Great Awakening or Pentecost. No. Of all time. He's had all authority since this. Forever. So when we understand this church, when we say, hey, like Jesus has authority, when he asks me, when he commands to tell me, hey, you need to go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach them everything I've commanded you to do, like you need to listen. When it says you will be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Like that, that's what Jesus is calling us to do as a command. And are, are we doing that? Because he has all authority. So we have Acts 1 through 8. Uh, then the disciples are 11. They cast lots to find somebody to replace Judas. They get 12. They go uh, having, a, having a time. They're continuing to pray, continuing to do ministry. Pentecost happens. So the Holy Spirit comes down and then we're speaking in tongues. They can understand everybody. It's a really great time. Peter comes up and just preaches the gospel. 
and preaches Christ crucified through this and did not hold back. And it's a fantastic thing. Then we get this great little passage that is connecting Pentecost and connecting uh, Peter getting arrested through this. And so it's Acts 2, 42 through 47. We're going to live here for a little bit talking about the early church. This is 2, 42 through 47. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayers. And all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day that were being saved. So this, again, this bridges the gap between the story of Pentecost and the instance of the Jewish uh, Sadducees getting mad at Peter through this. And we see just a glimpse of the early church. And there's four pillars in verse 42 that I want us to really dive into this week about this. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, that's one, to the fellowship, two, the breaking of bread, three, and to prayer. What made the early church so special? What made the early church so effective? All right, they knew that Jesus had authority. Second thing, they were devoted to Jesus. They were devoted to Jesus. We think about that word devotion. What, what, do, we, what do we think of? Devoted to something. All right. Are, are, are we, you know, the type of generation that when we think of devoted, we think of, you know, Greece and Sandy Lee just talking about being hopelessly devoted to Danny Zuko. Um, probably a few people relate to that. And probably 90% of y'all have never seen Greece. And let me tell you something, you're missing out. Not really, um, but hopelessly devoted to you or being devoted to a spouse or being uh, devoted to the Texas Longhorns or being devoted to the Texas Fighting Aggies or being devoted to learning about my craft or, or honing my craft or getting better at, at this, having a better relationship with this. Like, what does devotion uh, mean to you? And, and am I devoted to the apostles' teachings through this? When I uh, first started working at Hill Country Bible Church, uh, there was a great sage pastor named John Harrington, and, and he came into staff meeting one day on, on a Tuesday and, and was looking at us, looking at the young guns, and, and, and um, I guess I was a young gun at that time, and, and just saying, hey, we got some graduate level sin in here, and we got some grammar school knowledge. We got some graduate level sin in here and some grammar school knowledge. And, and, and I looked in there, and, and he's kind of making eye contact with me and making eye contact with a lot of people. And I'm going, yeah, like Ben Haug, PhD in sinning. Like I am really good at sinning. And I got some grammar school knowledge of this, of this thing called being a Christian or, or, or being a Christ follower or, or this. And uh, we felt so convicted about about that, and he went on to, you know, again, encourage us and uplift us, and it was, it was a great message, and uh, we were so convicted after that, we were like, hey, uh, we need to go hang out as a group, uh, you know, and have some fellowship, and so we're like, hey, there's a great trivia night coming out, and so we're like, okay, trivia night, I love trivia, I love being right, I love knowing useless information, I love chicken wings, and I love my friends, so trivia night's probably one of my favorite things to do, um, it's something I really do miss uh, about COVID, and we go, in this particular night, we're going to the, uh, you know, a wing spot, um, and we don't have that much money, but we see that the prize of the trivia night is $200. And we're like, oh, $200? 
There's 10 of us, that's $20. $20 was a lot uh, back then, still is actually, if you want to give me $20. Um, and we're thinking, hey, I need money for food. Uh, we are definitely going to win. The theme is friends. So the 90s sitcom Friends. And we're looking at each other going, I've seen every episode of Friends. Like, we got this. This, between the 10 of us, there's no way we get a question wrong. And so we're thinking, okay, pivot, Biebs, Rachel, Ross, like, we, we got this. We were on a break. Like, I know Friends. I love Friends. So, question one. All right, how many times was Ross married? Three, boom, got that. All righty, who ended up together? Ross and Rachel, this is good. All right, okay, who's the actor in the group? Joey, we are getting all these questions right. I'm starting to order food. This is gonna be great. Hey, I'm, I'm not even gonna pay for any of this because it's all my winnings. Then they started asking some more questions, asking about the color of the couch in season four. What was Chandler's job? What was Chandler's receptionist name? All right. What was the theme of the ball that they went to in season two in a flashback when they were in high school? We didn't get those questions right. Table three, they got them all right. See, we liked friends. We might even love friends. Table three was devoted to friends. Like, I, I was the type of person that watched Friends on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, right? I was the type of guy that, hey, I, I can tell you a little bit of that, about that. Hey, I watched Friends 20 years ago. I should know all the good stuff, right? <laughs> These people are watching Friends every day. They were devoted to Friends. Now, that's probably a good thing that, that I'm not devoted to a 90s sitcom um, that apparently, you know, my, this next generation, the kids don't really like, which is really weird, whatever. But are we devoted, that devotion that they have to that TV show or, or to, to anything, am I devoted to that about Jesus? Like apostles' teachings. Like, do, am I devoted to the scriptures? Just straight up. I, I, like asking myself and, and asking you as a, as a congregation and, and us online, like, am I devoted to the scriptures? A, am I devoted to the apostles' teaching? Am I devoted to having fellowship with other believers? Am I putting that as a priority? Am I, am I participating in the Lord's Supper? Am I breaking bread with people together? Am I praying? Am I, am I spending time in prayer and really asking God for guidance? I mean, that's what the early church did. They were devoted. That was the only thing that mattered to them was caring about one another and making sure everybody knew about Jesus. What made the early church so special? They told everyone about Jesus. They knew that he had authority. They were devoted to Jesus and they told everybody about him. Am I doing that? Am I only doing that back at Bible Club Week? And, and when I say me, I, like, I, I mean Ben Haug. Like, I work here. Right? Like, I, I should do all these things and, and I fall short. Like when, when, I, when I say, hey, graduate level sin, like that, that's me, like I'm raising my hand. Like when, when, when I read this text, I go, wow, where am I lacking in devotion? <laughs> and I'm giving my devotion to things that are not, that are just of earthly pleasure, that are not worth it. When we read this text, I mean, we say, hey, what is the early church 
do that we don't. They lived together. They fellowshiped with one another. But they told everybody about it, about Jesus. All right, it wasn't just, hey, let's have this altar call and then I'll see you in heaven in 60 years. Hey, let's sell everything we have. We have everything in common. We're gonna get along. We're gonna love one another. Like people in my church, I absolutely love, right? Like if, if we don't get excited about this text and go, this is how it should be, then like church, like I, I pray that your heart changes. Like this is what we want at, at Huddle Bible, that we, we would have small groups. We would have, we would have a student ministry. We would have a children's ministry that, that devoted themselves to those four things. That we're gonna pray together. We're gonna eat meals together. We're gonna have fellowship together. We're gonna enjoy each other's company. We're gonna live life together. We're gonna confess sin together. We're gonna realize, hey, what's going on in your life? Let me know the details because I care about you. And I, we wanna know scripture. We wanna dive into that and devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. And not only knowing that, but then living by that with my actions. I mean, we think about just the early church of discipleship. Are we being discipled right now? Are we being discipled the last 18 months? How, how has COVID affected this? A am I discipling as, as a parent? Am I discipling my kids? You know, as, as my generation continues to take over and, and I am addicted to my cell phone and, and I'm not uh, being uh, facetious or, or joking about that, uh, it, it is a, a common thing I'm telling the kids that I, I am praising the Lord uh, when my screen time is under six hours. And I, I know that's crazy. Y'all can pray for me about that. But like our, our students, our children are, are being discipled by their screens. Like whether we like it or not. And are we pouring into them the apostles' teachings and showing them this is what fellowship looks like. This is what a family looks like. This is what being a good brother, being a good sister, being a good friend looks like, All right? This is how we care and share and we, we share our possessions. We break bread together. We invite people into our house. We pray and we don't just pray at meals. We pray and pray and pray constantly through this. I mean, we see in the book of Acts, and this is a little bit of foreshadowing, but we see in the ending of this chapter, they added daily. And in chapter four, they added daily. Chapter six, they added daily. The, the verb, the, the verbiage changes in Acts nine with the early church and says that they're multiplied. And these disciples that are powered by the Holy Spirit and powered by that, but they're making disciples who are making disciples. Am I bringing up, and I'm not only sharing the gospel with somebody, uh, but then when, when they do the ABC prayer, the angels are having a, a party in heaven and we high five and then we, we say goodbye? No, we continue to build them up and continue to grow. Uh, we haven't really arrived yet. We, we finally, hey, like I'm an empty nester, time to, <laughs> time to flip the page. Oh, you're just getting started. Like if any of y'all, sidebar, like if any of y'all are thinking, hey, like, um, you know, the kids don't really like me. I'm too old. You know, I've, I'm, I'm done that. Oh, no, I'll take you. I'll take you. You can hang out with me anytime. All right. When we have our young adults and thinking about, hey, I, I'm, I'm ha I just had three kids. This is a time for me to, that's true. 
But really, are you still pouring into somebody? Is somebody pouring into you? Are we, are we being discipled through that? Are, are we going through all the resources that, that Bobby and, and Michael are putting out and, and going through Theology Tuesdays or, or reading Concise Theology or Christian Beliefs or Unfolding Grace and, and really consuming and being devoted to that? Like for me, uh, a couple months ago, Bobby, you know, shared uh, that he wanted to read uh, the Bible over the summer in just 90 days. And I was like, I can do that. Um, spoiler alert, uh, I'm about, let's see, day 75 into the summer, uh, and I'm about 12 days behind. <laughs> I was not devoted to that reading plan as much as I should have been. Luckily, I've been alone in the office for a while, so I got to catch up. But we, we see this is that the church was devoted to these things, and they told everybody they knew about it. And, and we read in, in Acts 4, um, after Peter and John been arrested, and we see them, they say this, and this is what I love about this, is they go, they were awed by Peter and John's boldness, and they knew that they had seen and been with Jesus. And for us, if you're describing a friend, you're describing me, if you're describing your parent or whoever, like, hey, is that something that comes up soon? You know, Ben, 6-1, on a good day, right? Hazel eyes, all right, had malaria once, you know, loves UT. Like, at what point, like, do you get to the, the bullet point where you go, Christ follower? Man, that guy loves Jesus. Like, that is a woman of God. Like, hey, he, that's a 16-year-old, but he is on fire for the Lord. He's going to do great things for the kingdom. He is focused on the kingdom. Like, at what point do we get there? Like, our job and our commission and our command and the, and the Great Commission and in Acts 1-8 saying to be witnesses and go through all the people. We're at the ends of the earth now. Like we had brothers and sisters that were faithful uh, and, and faithful to the call that they came over and eventually colonized Texas. And we got to the point where Texas, we are Bible-believing church right here in Hutto, Texas. That's praise God for that. To the point that we actually are going out to India. We're going out to other places to tell more about that. But like our job is not done yet. Like our, our job is not done until the earth is filled with the knowledge and the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And I know that's gonna happen because it's in scripture. And my prayer is that I'm devoted to the apostles' teachings. I'm, I, I'm devoted to the commands that Christ has given me. I'm devoted to continuing to be better, continuing to see where the sin of my heart is and repenting continue to work on that and continue to teach others of that. And, and we as a body coming together uh, when, when we need help. And we've seen that in COVID. We, we've needed help through this. And we, we've seen that this week. We, we had a lot of people that were sick. It was not a fun week getting emails and texts of another test, another test positive, another test positive, another test positive. And there's nothing I can do but pray. And am I devoted to that? Am I devoted to prayer? Am I devoted to the fellowship of that and to caring for one another? This is a great passage and I can't wait for y'all to dive deeper into it this week and I encourage you to do so. And if this is your, your first week uh, with us at Huddle Bible, a uh, great week to come. Um, best looking pastor is the one uh, teaching this morning. Um, but for us to really read these four verses or read these four chapters and going, Am I doing this? This is what the early church did. Are we doing this? 
Are we following that? The same Holy Spirit at Pentecost is the same Holy Spirit that's inside my chest right now. And if you've confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus Lord, you too have that Holy Spirit inside you. That same command that Christ gave the disciples, these 11, is the same command that I'm reading right now and that you are reading and that we need to follow. Am I doing that? What does that look like in my life when I'm following the Great Commission? What does that look like in my life when I am devoted to the apostles' teachings, when I'm devoted to fellowship with one another, with brothers and sisters? I'm devoted to the breaking of bread, and I'm devoted to prayer. We as a, as a church will be um, praying for our brothers and sisters uh, that could not make it this, this morning, and, and I, I just want to continue to to say that we are here for you. If you, if you have anything uh, that you can help or, or just any ways that you want to help, you can email um, info at, at huddlebible.com. Uh, and uh, I just want to uh, say it's so uh, blessing and um, it's such a blessing and, and humbling to be up here and, and reading this text with y'all. And so uh, let's just uh, pray and ask the Lord uh, to bless, um, bless the rest of his service as we go into prayer and as we go into worship. Father God, we just, uh, we come before you um, just praying for a heart that loves you, a heart that is devoted to you, a heart that's obedient to you. Father, I confess that I often don't do that, and, and I am ashamed. And, and Father, you give me so much grace when I don't deserve it, and I pray for this church as we come together and love this city, that you have so many great things for the city planned, and we just wait in anticipation for that. We lift all these up in your name. Amen.